Hey, what's up, Max Ordinary Nation? It is time for your favorite podcast of the day, guaranteed to entertain you and piss somebody off. Right, Jeff? Definitely. All right, so we're back at it today for your regularly scheduled Tuesday episode. And there is my God-blessed email notification. It never fails. I think I have everything turned off and then something dings in the background. I just can't get away from it, dude. I don't know what it is. But uh, I'm checking my phone now because I guarantee you my ringer is at. Oh, yeah, that's at full blast. See what I'm saying? Like, you think you've checked everything. I'm Tyler. That's Jeff. What's up? uh, What's up, man? How's it going? Oh, it's, I'd say it's been a week already and it just started, but good. You know, I don't even know what day it is. What kind of week I'm dealing with. I honestly don't even know. Is your birthday yet? It is. Depends on where you're at. I mean, okay. Oh, you know what? You're, I keep forgetting you're a day ahead of me. So it could technically be your birthday today. Okay. So I'm a day ahead of you, but then we have this weird situation where I'm one of those messed up guys that is born on leap year. Yes. So there is no February 29th this year. So I'm just kind of stuck in that gray area. So it should be, I know you don't want it to be March 1st. You found March 1st. I know. I know you fight it. However, don't think about it as March 1st. Think about it as the day after the 28th or 27th or whatever. Look, I've come up, I've come up with a solution. I've been living with this solution for, for many, many years. All right. And the fact that my birthday is in February, but I only have one every four years, I've determined that all of February is my birthday. So in reality, I've been celebrating every day this month. Okay. So. You're appropriating February, and I don't think people are going to like that. It doesn't matter what people like. When have I cared about what people like? This is my month. I'll give that to you. (laughs) All right, Jeff, we're going to get after it. We're going to play this uh, intro video that everybody sure loves, and we'll be right back. know what that means no one knows what it means but it's provocative no it's not it gets the people going well hector here's the game plan you're gonna bring us two absolute martinis you know how i like them straight up and then precisely seven and one half minutes after that you're gonna bring us two more then two more after that every five minutes until one of us passes the fuck You got a bad attitude and you don't listen. Oh, yes. There will be blood. It is not the violence that sets men apart. All right, it is the distance that he is prepared to go. Ever notice how you come across somebody once in a while that you shouldn't have fucked with? That's me. Cocaine and hookers, my friend. Welcome to the Max Ordnance Podcast. All right, Jeff. So, some good topics to discuss this week, man. A few things that we can chat about. Obviously, we just discussed my birthday. 
And um, you say it's in March. I say it's in February. I mean, tomato, tomato, man. Um, for my birthday, you know, last year, I wanted to get my friends together. And uh, luckily, you are included in that group. And when I say luckily, I mean lucky for me, right? I'm the lucky one. But, uh, you know, you, me, and a few of my other closest friends in the world, we got together and we played uh, baseball, softball. softball. <laughs> Either way, it was still cool as shit. We all got together and we ran around the field for three hours trying to catch each other's, you know. I don't think anybody struck out, did they? Um, yeah, lots of people struck out. Who won that? softball tourney i know it came down to you and me it did not i'm just gonna say it was you because it was your birthday <laughs> but uh it was a good time you know so then this year um you know seeing that i'm overseas and i'm in a place where uh rock climbing is pretty abundant um a friend of mine here that i that i am on the contract with he was like hey for my birthday, I want to do 30 for 30. And I was like, okay. And he's, he's going to be 30 years old. So he wants to do 30 climbs in one day. So I had told him, I'm like, I'm going to be 39 years old. And I ain't doing 39 climbs in one day. You're high. I'll do uh, you know, once you cross the 30 threshold, then you start subtracting from that daily number. And he was like, okay. So I set off to do 21, but he still labeled it as 40 for 40. And I was like, still, I'm not 40 years old. He's like, well, when you get that old, you have to round up. I was like, yeah. dude. Yeah, <laughs> do. All right. So anyway, we set off to do 21 climbs or really we just want to get as many climbs as we could do in one day. And we did have a number in mind. Sunrise, we were at the first climbing site and... I mean, it was cool. It was on the ocean. Some of the spots you're in places where, um, you know, the tide is coming in and you're standing in the water, belaying your friend, trying to keep the rope dry and stuff. Um, but we didn't make 21. The travel time from spot to spot to spot. And then some of it, like, I don't know if you know the difference between like lead climbing and top roping, but we would take turns. Like I would do a lead climb and then he would top rope and then he would do a lead climb. I would top rope and we ended up getting 12 climbs. In. And I mean, I could have kept going, but I don't know how difficult those climbs could have been if we would have kept going. And not to mention we ran out of daylight. Um, so we finished at 12. We didn't die. There's that. Yeah, that's nice. There were zero falls. I'm pretty proud that I fell zero times as I was attempting this feat of awesomeness. Um, so yeah, man, it was it was another epic birthday celebration. And to be honest, I like I like doing that stuff, man. I like getting no, out. No, it looked like it was a lot of fun. I tell you, like I just looking at the pictures, the <laughs> the the view and the scenery looked looked epic. So yeah, so I think I'm gonna try and. Uh, you know, I don't have the video ready right now, so if we have time at the end of the episode, we'll uh, we'll throw the video up. It's a short one; it's a minute and a half, and show you guys what my what my view looked like for my birthday climbs. I did say since I will be home in approximately one week that I was trying to get the whole crew together, including your broke ass self, to play another epic game this year. All right, what is it going to be? 
this doesn't seem like it could get everybody on board. Maybe I'm too intense, but I was thinking flag football. I mean, or or around the golf. <laughs> oh man! I mean, so, yeah, uh, I'd play some flag football. Hey, I mean, I mean, it's good. You know, running on grass is is good for my my hips and my legs. So yeah, I mean, our circle of friends is pretty small, so it would be like four on four. But I think we could make it happen. I think we, we could. We're gonna have to get your girls involved just so we could put together like half of a full team. I think they would be excited to do it. Yeah, and they would run circles around all of us. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever straight armed a thirteen year old girl, but I'll do it. <laughs> Step on the face. I have no problem. So outside of the climbing, um, you know, for me, it's just been it's been work, man. Um, with the contract. Uh, there's a lot of things changing and I don't want to go in too much detail. Um, I don't want to say I'm not taking it hard, but at the same time, like I could feel, I could see where, you know, things are changing, like things change all the time. That's part mm -hmm. of, you know, uh, things evolving. And so if you haven't heard the Marine Corps is, got this plan it's called the uh 2030 plan right and they're changing a lot of things like they're getting rid of infantry battalions and now they're called littoral battalions there's other changes that are taking place as well such as marine corps will no longer have scout snipers they are getting rid of that job completely so starting fiscal year 2024 there will be zero scout snipers produced the infantry battalion will no longer have scout snipers and there's a lot of craziness happening with you know inside the community where there's a lot of like oh my god i can't believe they're doing this in reality like i can kind of see how it's being done like for the past how many years like scout snipers have been focused on marksmanship and kind of the field craft side of it has fallen to the wayside, right? So some of that needs to be changed and implemented on different levels. So around here, looking at the urban sniper course and how it can be enhanced in terms of not just the marksmanship side, but, you know, different things that you can include technology. So that side has been very interesting to work on, but then on the max ordnance side putting together some of the videos that we put up on our patreon account for our vip members scope uh scope mounting tripod shooting and trying to figure out how to edit these damn powerpoints so that the audio and the video and everything lines up man this has just been i think i'm going to be a video editing god when this is all done and I'm glad that you're taking, I mean, besides the PowerPoint stuff, but I'm glad you took the leap into uh, some decent software to actually put these together. So it's been rough. learning on a good platform that can grow with, with us as we grow this podcast and this channel. So another uh, cool thing that I've been looking into, and I don't want this, I don't want people to think like this is going to be a mainstay of our company because it's not, um, it's just something that I'm toying around with that I'm trying to add as an additional feature is there are weightlifting, you know, obviously I'm on a weightlifting program right now where I'm being coached remotely 
to perform at a high level for the Sniper Adventure Challenge in November, right? So I am not here with the coach, but I communicate daily. I take videos of myself. You know, we, we go back and forth. So there's a, there's a coaching app that I've been looking into that we could take on students remotely and they could upload videos. We can have drills. We have an entire lesson plan over eight weeks laid out for these students where it's like the best we could do for one-on-one training and we can track all of their progress and everything's in the app. Um, But I'm obviously still in the test phase of like how the app works and how we can apply it to shooting and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I'm a huge fan of, of online coaching. I mean, even though I see my coach, my golf coach once a week, um, everything we do in lesson and in my PT sessions, um, is, is all recorded, all uploaded to, we use coach now, um, but it's uploaded to coach now. Um, we will do dissections of whether it's my swing, my, my body positions, whatever it is. Um, we'll do the video. We'll lay everything out. Oh, my coffee's here. Um, we'll, we'll lay everything out. And then, and when I get home or when I have time to either do my gym work or do my, um, uh, uh go the course and do some, some on course swings or whatever it is, I'll upload those and then they'll help critique me and figure out what we need to do. So um, I'm a huge fan of, of online coaching um, and it can, it can really translate to any sport. So, you know, for shooting sports, because it's so technical, um, you know, we can really, we can really dive into some, some really good coaching with it. So I think it's a great idea and I'd like to see where, where we end up with it. Yeah. So that is the app that I've been tinkering with to uh, try to work all the bugs out and stuff like that. Um, on the realistic side, I mean, this is just another platform that allows us to work with, you know, students who are interested in in getting better. Um, because honestly, over an eight week period, personally, I don't think that I could dedicate myself, my time, or put out, you know, because not every student's going to be the same. You know, if you think about your golfing side you're going to be different than the next guy. So it's going to take a good amount of effort if you're actually going to do this the right way to personalize it for every person, right? Um, So when we talk about doing these um, remote personal training sessions over an eight-week period, I don't see us being able to take on more than two to four students over an eight-week period right now. just because it is that personal, it is that, you know, there's a lot of dedication that goes to it. It's not a one size fits all. So if you add more students, then I feel like the quality of dedication to each one is going to go down. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably a good number, but I think as we kind of figure it out and figure out a good workflow for it, I, I obviously I'm, I'm sure more can be added. Um, What's really cool too, is it doesn't have to be necessarily just a single eight week course. If you think about individual online coaching, yeah, like we would want to tailor the first one to a specific course, but if you know, you do a lot, a lot of one-on-ones with your students, well, imagine adding a, an option to, to have your one-on-one lessons, which are obviously going to, you know, 
price wise be different, but you have a one-on-one that, you know, you're working with that student directly. And it's a lot of, here's, here's the information. The lesson plan doesn't change, yeah. but now you're just able to take more time critiquing the lessons that the videos that they're sending into themselves. I and mean, really the onus is on the student to send in the information for us to look at and, and either critique or give input on. So, you know, obviously it's not a replacement for what we do, but I think it's a great tool to add. Yeah. 100% man. I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, I just want to do it the right way. So that is something that is coming down the pipeline. If you're interested, uh, be on the lookout for that. Like I said, it'll, you know, as we navigate our way through this, it'll start off small and we'll see how it grows from there. Before we move on to some of the awesome stuff that we have for today. And if you're not aware, today's episode is talking about vetting your instructors. Uh, You say it, I say it. Everybody across the industry talks about like picking your instructor. So I felt like that was the discussion we needed to get into. But before that, how was your anniversary? Uh, So (laughs) it was fantastic. Uh, My anniversary was... We had baby, we had construction, we have the animals, we have no help. So um, it was flowers and and take in sushi from DoorDash. Oh, I mean, I saw the sushi. I was like, man. I mean, honestly, we this was kind of to be expected. I mean, we have we have birthday, anniversary, and Christmas and Valentine's that all fall within thirty days of each other. So we sort of have to kind of pick and choose where we put our our uh, focus. And this year it was not the anniversary or Valentine's day. I still look good, man. Still look good. It wasn't too bad. And she is God bless her understanding that we have other stuff going on. So next year we will be better, but I did get her a gift. I got her a, she wanted it. I got her a a handmade apron from uh, the wife of the guy that makes most of my knives. And this year's anniversary is leather. So I had him make a, leather uh knife sheath because the apron has a in the front of it has a a pocket for a knife so she can keep her kitchen knife right here when she's when she's cooking or wants to just wear it to stab me when i'm not paying attention perfect multi multi-purpose yeah it's pretty cool it's pretty cool all right so the first video that we're gonna play is a short little skit from joe rogan and it kind of starts off our vetting your instructor platform today um share the video can you see it yeah there we go got it all right here it goes red dot like when you draw and you have a red dot the Mm -hmm. red dot will show you exactly where that bullet's gonna go and when it turns green is that when you shoot no no no, it's just red it stays red (laughs) (laughs) so when the dot turns green is that when you shoot no no all right. So, I love Theo Vaughn. I was just watching him this morning. His podcast is amazing. So tell me that doesn't start off our episode here with some of the personalities that you see out in the instructor world. Oh, right. Sure. All right. So uh the second video, okay. Um, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know where I found this video. I th- I'm pretty sure I pulled it from Instagram. I don't know. But 
I'm just going to play a video, man. I, I don't even know where to begin. I think it's best if we just, we hit play and then we go from there and we can discuss, right? Um, but there's a lot of things in this video that we can, that we can break down. Uh, but it's just another one of those situations. All right. You see the video? Yep. All right. Here we go. Let's go ahead and discuss kneeling barricade. So there's a couple of tools I like to use for kneeling barricaded position. Um, so I like to use a sling. I like to use a shooting bag. If you do not have a shooting bag, uh, you can use an algae pouch on your plate carrier or your chest rig or a canteen pouch with a canteen in it to help stabilize your shooting, uh, your firing elbow. So let's go ahead and get into it. Now that I'm a lefty, I'm going to have my right knee down, left knee up. Just like such. Drive my rifle through my barricade, having my stock on the barricade, not the barrel. If you have the barrel on the barricade supporting the weight that you're going to be creating uh, in your rifle, there's going to be barrel flex, especially if you're shooting at a distance. Take my shooting bag. I'm going to throw it just like so because it's connected to my belt to support my firing elbow. This is going to fill the void with my hip, my thigh, and my elbow to create a more stabilized shooting platform. Now, my sling, what I like to do is to go through the sling like such, coming up to my elbow like so, and driving the handful of sling into the bipod that's already deployed. Now, I have an incredibly steady shooting uh, platform here. To round it all out, we're going to drive this rifle, just like in the other shooting position we showed, into my shoulder with my firing hand. So I'm going to go ahead and make that curling motion like so and execute. Now, hopefully with these tips and tricks, you can go ahead and apply these uh, with the bolt gun or a gas gun. It doesn't matter which. Uh, over time, you're going to figure out what works for you and what doesn't. But stay tuned for future videos to go over positional shooting. Thanks. All right. So, first of all, nobody likes left-handed people. Can we just get that out of get it out of the open? Let's. Yeah, left-handed, wrong-handed. Uh, I guess starting from the end of the video. I mean. Are they tips and tricks? I feel like tips and tricks are like ways to cheat around things mm -hmm. where um, it feels like this guy is trying to show people how to fundamentally shoot from this style of barricade, uh, which is similar to more of a VTAC style barricade versus like a precision rifle barricade. Um, so he can really only fit like the muzzle and you know, the stock through whatever hole that he's shooting through. He can't really rest the rifle. So I'm not going to hit him on like balance or, you know, you know, using a soft on hard contact. Obviously these holes that he's using, he can't fit that rifle through there. Yeah. But I mean, he's just showing people how he does it. He's not hitting on fundamentals he's not hitting on like setting up natural point of aim he's not hitting on bone structure he's not hitting on anything he's just saying do this and there's a lot of people out there where you go and you learn or you take a course from them and you just 
you get that right like and that's going to fall in later on what we talk about but you have those who teach because they know everything and they know how to explain it and and that's the wrong word they don't know everything but they know how to explain and and preach to you on what you're looking for right why you're doing what you're doing and then you have those who are like this is how i do it and you should do it this way too right um yeah i mean and that's a fundamental teaching difference where you got guys that'll that that can you can learn from that can teach you and they're teaching you not just the how to do it but they're they're giving you the why you know that could have been a a seasoned instructor or it could have been a guy that just took a two-day course that's just showing you how he just learned how to do it you have no information besides this is just how he shoots behind that barricade um yeah and and there's a fundamental difference in in teaching styles and instructors so yeah i pulled that video I, i i honestly i don't remember where it came from it could have been a video from um to be honest with you I believe it's either from Fieldcraft Survival mm-hmm. or it's from uh, your buddy, uh, Mike Knockout Lights. Okay. Where, uh, both companies, Fieldcraft Survival and Mike, they have really good training programs when it comes to specific areas that they are operating in. Like uh, Mike is a phenomenal pistol instructor, right? But these companies have been looking to update their training programs by adding a precision rifle factor. And kudos to them for attempting to bring someone else in who can fill that gap. But I think finding somebody to do that for them has been a hit or miss. And again, I don't know which one it came from. I believe it was one of those. Um, But if you were to see this video as a new shooter, right? And when I post it on social media, hey, we're going to do an episode on vetting your instructors. Please put in the comments things that you look for. A lot of the comments were from people who are not putting themselves in that new shooter position, right? They're like, well, I would I would look for this or I would look for that. Or, you know, they have to have, you know, experience working with government entities or you know, shit like that. But if you put yourself in a new shooter perspective, you don't know those things, right? So all you have to go off of is what do they, what, what kind of information are they presenting? What do they look like? What's their website look like? You know? So like, if you saw this video, what, as a new shooter, what would be your first impressions? Would you be like, Oh, this guy, what the hell he's talking about? He just hit the target. I heard a ding in the background. Well, yeah, and as and, and as a new shooter, what I would see is the guy that is has a a nice rifle, is decked out in gear, is shooting behind a barricade, and and taking the time to explain what he's doing, explain what he's doing, not why he's doing it. Um, and it just looked kind of like, oh, maybe I I could let this guy teach me. And I think that's a problem because as a new shooter, I this may be a guy I would end up going to. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, may, may, whether I would say no because of production quality or whatever, but as a new shooter, someone who's looking to get a precision rifle, here's a guy that's breaking down 
how he's going to get behind this barricade start to finish. And that's me going, oh, wow, I'd like to be able to do that. Yeah. So just another example of different videos that you'll see out there and how we need to start approaching this, especially if you're a newer shooter, you know, again, like as a newer shooter, and we'll get into this later, I had a person go through and look at how they would pick a, a course to attend. And the instructions that I gave them were, hey, Washington, California, Nevada, Arizona. Those are the states that you're restricted to. I want you to stick to the West Coast. Oh, I think I said Utah as well. So you're basically, you have to stick to the West Coast and I want you to find one course pistol, one course carbine, one course precision rifle. And I even specifically stated, I'm like, do not pick Max Ordnance just because you know me. If you think somebody else looks better, then pick them. You're not going to hurt my feelings. You're actually going to help me. You're going to help me grow by telling me that somebody else looks better than us, right? So it was interesting to see what their process was to go through all of this. And a lot of these videos come into play in terms of first um, first impressions and bios and things like that. So... That was, uh, I labeled that video the barricade guy. Now I'm going to pull up another video, Jeff. This is a tripod video. All right. So we'll call him the tripod guy. I, I cannot remember his his uh, screen name. I know that I pulled this from uh, a social media feed. I'm not going to play the whole video. I think it's I think it's roughly three minutes. But I just want you to see the first portion of it where he's setting up his tripod and then he shoots from it. And I just want to know what your first thoughts are. All right. Here we go. You got the video? I got it. All right. I swear to God, if he shoots prone off that, I'm going to throw my monitor. I don't think he shoots prone off of it. Just keep watching. Just keep watching. All right, so he's got the tripod set up, and he's got it set up really wide for a low position, right? He does. Now, check out the tripod flex. He's in a seated position now, pulls the tripod oh, yeah. in. All right, but watch as he applies weight to this thing. It just looks like a trampoline that he's shooting off of. Yeah, and that tripod's not designed to be in that shape, so it's just going to be a freaking trampoline. I mean, hopefully the target's big. Impact, right in. All right. Should I keep going? You want to see the next position? <laughs> yeah, I do actually. Okay. <laughs> All right. So 
this will probably lead into a little bit of why he set it up that way, and I'll talk about that here. Yeah. In the- so it keeps it keeps getting better. Obviously, he's uh he's still shooting off of the trampoline. Well, now he's in a kneeling position. So now, now I can, now I see why he did that. That's probably the last shot. Okay. The timer. So you see now why he set it up that way. Yes. Uh, we're at two minutes and twenty-two seconds right now. All right, so let me come back to our screen here. So at first I was like, is he shooting in a competition? Like, what is this? But the whole video is two and a half minutes long. I don't, there's not a lot of competitions out there where you're only shooting three shots and it's two and a half minutes part time to get through a shooting stage. Um. And that was actually brought up to me by somebody I showed the video to. There's like, there's no way that's a competition. He's taking way too long. I mean, look how long it took him to set up his tripod. And I'm like, good point. Um, you know, so in the beginning, he was kind of fighting with the tripod a little bit. And, you know, first, a few things that I don't agree with is, you know, I have moved past having specific leg lengths to set your tripod up. Right. So he's obviously on flat ground. So he's pulling his legs out and he's like got measurements with his hand and his thumb. And he like gets all of his legs set and then boom, he sets his tripod down, grabs the rifle. And then he positions himself behind the rifle to fit the tripod. Whereas I've gotten away from that. And now I am more in the mindset of I'm going to build the tripod around the position I want to be in. If the tripod can adjust, then I'm going to use it to its full capability. So I'm not a yeah, fan. Because of... he could he could be in his he could be in the seated position, which is how I do it. I get in my seated position and I just start taking the legs out and building my setup if I'm going to shoot off my tripod there. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about this before, where you know you build the gear around you, you don't build yourself around the gear. And and just because your tripod, just a side note, just because your tripod leg goes out like that, it doesn't mean you're supposed to use it like that. Just because your gear will do something doesn't mean you have to use it. So that's the other thing is like how he set up that first and second position. He had the legs fully extended, but they were popped out to probably the third notch on the pivot adjustments so that he could get into that low position. So you could see the bounce that his tripod had. Now, we know the reason if you you watch the whole video through, you know, the reason that he did this was for the sake of time, right? So that he could get into that kneeling position and then that standing position without losing time. All he had to do was collapse his legs. So on one side, he's got a lot of bounce in his other positions and he sacrificed stable tripod position for speed in the other positions, right? So we don't know what size the target was, but... I'm also not a fan of sacrificing positions just so that I could be fast getting to the other positions. It just doesn't make. Yeah, a whole- but 
it was over two minutes. I know. Three shots and three positions. It, it was not fast. Wasn't that fast. <laughs> so, um, so this guy, um, again, I can't remember what his damn social media name is, uh, but I do know that he has started his path on the instructor journey, right? So, again, like if you watch this video, what would you pull from it as a new shooter? Would you be like, okay, he's got a fancy ass rifle. He's got one of the trigger cams on there so we can see what his Mm -hmm. shot presses look like. What would you, what would you take from this as a new shooter? Would you look at this and say, man, I think I need to go shoot with that again. You know, new shooters are, are, are are always going to be drawn to what looks, you know, I hate using the term, but you know, high speed. And this guy, if you look at him and his gear, he looks high speed, you know, and he has a beard almost, yeah, you don't even know as a new shooter, you have no idea what you're looking at other than the guy's moving fast and 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 takes three shots and gets three impacts, right? So um you know, it's such a it, social media is such a, a great tool, but such a detriment also to what is the available information out there because you end up seeing this kind of stuff. You're like, oh, I gotta take his class. That's yeah. a twenty five hundred dollar class I have to fly out to Wyoming to take. One hundred percent. I don't know. I'm just assuming Wyoming. He just looks like a Wyoming guy. I don't know why. I don't. I don't know where he's from. Um, but yeah, I mean, you watch the video. He fits the bill. He could definitely be a person. And you know, I he he's providing zero instructional information in this video. So he could be the greatest fucking instructor out there. We have no idea because he's not actually teaching anything. He is just. He has this video out there that is showing things that are not necessarily focused on taking good shots, but more yeah. focused on how do I get into and position do, fast? Yeah. And I do kind of want to walk what I said back just a little bit in that, you know, I have no context to this video. It could just be him on his Instagram, just showing a shooting vid, which whatever. Okay, cool. I got stupid crap on my Instagram too. That is just me shooting. But, um, it's when we get into, you know, somebody that is promoting themselves as an instructor, this type of stuff is what the new shooters are going to see. It's these videos because they're on their social media. This is the quote unquote research they're going to do um, when they, when they're looking for a new instructor. So, you know, I don't want to, definitely don't want to bash a guy for just putting a video out. Like there's no context, but if this is something that's going down their, their instructor journey, um, careful what you put out because it's 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 everything you put out on your social media if you're an instructor is a representation of you and and the information that you are going to be teaching oh 100 man 100 and you know what i mean if you start to look at this logic from other avenues right like how do you put yourself in a new shooter position so that you can get that mindset of like, what am I watching here and how would this affect me? Well, I really enjoy climbing, right? And I'm not going to sit here and claim to be world's best climber. I'm far from that. And I like learning new things. So in regards to the climbing world, I'm trying to educate myself on new knots. Now, I bought a book that has a bunch of different knots in it. 
And I really enjoy the book because then the book is telling me like this knot is good for this, but here's the downsides to this knot. And how does that knot weaken the rope? And then, you know, what kind of anchors, if you're placing your own traditional anchors or your own protection, then how is this protection supposed to work? And what are the dangers of using this in such and such and such? But if you just watch videos on social media, you'll see people all across the world that are tying knots and you're like oh look at that mm -hmm. knot That's fucking cool as shit in reality yeah, you have no idea what what the downsides of that knot could be right so um same thing goes for weightlifting right so you can find ways to put yourself in this mindset of what is it like to be a new shooter again and what do i think of these different videos that are out there um but it's important to know when we're trying to do this discussion of what a new shooter is seeing, right? And it's it's very hard to put yourself back in those shoes. So the last video, what you got? It is, but I, I think it is hard for us to put ourselves in, in those positions, but I think we do, and we do it well because we equate, when we look at information we're putting out, we can pull from a feeling of, we're both students of other crafts also, whether it's, whether it's hunting, fishing, golfing, climbing, weightlifting, we can put ourselves in the same mindset and go, okay, I'm new to these, what information and, and, and what am I seeking out and what do I look for when I'm, when I'm seeking it out and, and what do I do? Who do I ask? Um, and we, and that reflects in the information we put out in the precision rifle and the MOA and and everything else that we put out in instructionally. Yeah. All right. The last video is, um, so this one I do the, I knew, I do know the name to, um, we'll credit Nick Diaz for sending the link to me on this guy. Um, he said we needed to use this for our podcast today. And I watched the video. It's roughly, I think it's 60 seconds long. Um, Jeff, I'm going to let you, have all the first comments on this because yeah here we go tell me when you see the screen pop up for the video i got it. here we go my first shot all i'm going to do is line up in the very center of the cardboard squeeze the trigger and see where my bullet hits and then i will dial to make that adjustment to make sure i'm right on at 200 yards hope that was simple enough but here we go i am about that far right and a little bit down from where I want to be. So I'm going to go ahead and adjust my scope. I'm going to guess that that's probably about eight inch or eight inches right, few inches low. So I am going to that's what she come said. up about four inches and about six inches back to zero. And I'm going to shoot again. Remember, what we're doing right now is establishing zero. It's very important that at 200 yards, if that's what you want your zero to be, so make sure your gun's shooting a good group at 200 yards. So that's what we're getting ready to do. Oh, yeah. I'm going to come over two clicks to the left, and I'm going to establish my zero right there. <laughs> there you have it, Jeff. Jesus fucking Christ. Tell me what <laughs> There's so much wrong with that. <laughs> so, okay. So first of all, well, okay. So this is the kind of stuff that gets put out that people – somebody's genuinely going to go to YouTube and say, how do I zero in my rifle?" And they're going to see a guy that 
looks like he knows what he's doing because he's he's giving instruction to the camera, shooting one shot, not shooting a group to to see where his group is, but just shooting one shot. And uh, it makes about eight inches. We're gonna. Hold I was gonna it. say eight inches, right? Eight inches. <laughs> yeah. Eight inches. So, but yeah, I mean that's stuff that gets put out that uh, people are gonna people are gonna gonna use in in real life. New shooters are gonna go. Oh yeah, you just shoot one. You need, it's that it's that one shot zero method. So this is stealth vision. I pulled this video off of YouTube. Um relatively new they don't have a ton of videos i'd say maybe 20 to 30 videos on their youtube channel and uh, they are a scope manufacturer and as you can see the quality right that particular video that's the only one and i think it because because it's so bad it has sixty-two thousand views right love it so if you think about it for one second, 62,000 views, you go on YouTube and you click in, how do I zero my scope as a new shooter? And this pops up and you're like, oh, look, this guy's, he's, he's moving this many clicks and he's got to go eight inches. Well, that's probably how mine is going to work. So I'm going to do that. Yeah, you know? two clicks. Zeroing at 200 yards. He's not talking about what scope values his scope is in. He's just talking like, oh, I got to I got to come up a little bit. Like, show me where a little bit is in your fucking reticle, because mm -hmm. I still don't know, you know, um, same thing with the inches, you know, like this is a very this is a new video that is talking like they're still in the 1980s. So inch uh, per hundred yards. Going back to the how do we vet our instructors, which is going to bring us to our our main event here, right? Um, so I know precision rifle inside, outside. I do it in my sleep. I breathe this life, right? And so it's easy for me to call out things that I see and problems and areas, right? But I can't do that with pistol. You know, like I can't watch a pistol instructor and say, well, this guy's shit because I don't know it. Right. I'm not in that world. Um, same thing with with carbine shooting. Room tactics like you know, none of this stuff is my wheelhouse, so I can't sit there and comment on any of that. But because I know the precision rifle side, it allows me to be in that in that area and talk about all of that stuff. But you can apply this method of thinking for any one of the disciplines, right? When, when it comes to trying to figure out who do you train with? Because if you go on the internet, there will be 40,000 search results on, I want to learn how to shoot my pistol, you know? And we've all seen the flop videos on social media where, you know, this guy indies or negatively discharges his pistol while trying to demonstrate something to a student or whatever it is. Right. So it can be challenging. And that's why I did select a person who has zero firearms experience, but they are interested, right? They are interested in learning. So I gave them a homework assignment. And before we get to what they said, um, how would we break down the different type of instructors, Jeff? Well, like I wrote a few notes here, like, you have those who teach, 
but they don't do. They've never done it, right? And maybe I classify those people as bookworms, right? With zero experience, zero real applicable experience. And I'm not saying real world because I used to be in this mindset. If you weren't military, then you had no business of being an instructor. And I have long moved away from that. Um, as I grew as a person, as an instructor, I started to realize that, you know, the military guys eight times out of 10 are probably not your best people to learn from. They have been subjected to a specific method of teaching that is very like not personal and doesn't mm -hmm. take into account all the different types of people that you will interact with. You know, you got, uh, you know, you take a, a guy who's been in the military for eight 12 years, every school he go to, there is a hazing factor to the training, right? So, you know, you do something wrong, you got to go run and touch a tree or you get treated like shit or you yelled at like, hey, you fucking piece of shit. Like you suck, do better, you know, but that's not helping anybody. You know, that's just the military atmosphere. And if that carries over yeah. to the civilian side, it's not that helpful. So, um, I've gotten away from thinking that only military guys can be instructors. I think anybody can be an instructor as long as they put the effort into continue their path of learning. Right. And you're not always going to know everything. Um, there's always going to be in developments, right. Especially if you're a instructor or a teacher that's worth anything, you're always going to be learning and evolving just like I do. I feel like, I have a pretty Absolutely. base knowledge, but then I always find myself learning new things. And then I want to immediately take that back and say, okay, this needs to be added to our training because it's important. Right. And, um, you know, the other side to that is it's not just what, you know, it's what you can prove. So can you prove this to your students? Can you show them how you came to this realization so again going back to like how do we classify instructors i would say you know you have those who are just educated via the book right they teach but they don't do they don't apply it in any real world application whether it be competition law enforcement military whatever hunting and then you have those who teach and do right um and those don't always equal the best instructors either right just because you're really good at doing something doesn't think, mean that you're good at I think first and foremost honestly i think that one of the most important things to to being a an instructor is genuinely wanting to teach right i i don't think i was a good um i don't think i was i don't think what made me a good pistol or carbine instructor was my vast knowledge um you know i took the same I probably the same years of experience. I took the same instructor, instructor courses and, and all that stuff through my, my career, but I genuinely love teaching. And when you, and like, like, like you, it comes out in, in the ways you, you teach your students, right? Like I can take a class from you and I can know right away that one of the things you're most passionate about is teaching people things. And, and I think that's probably the most important. Second to that, I think, and I've always said this demonstration is, 
is an absolute key in instruction. If you cannot demonstrate to your students whatever you just told them to do with a higher proficiency level than them, then you are the wrong guy teaching the class. Um, and there's there are a lot of instructors out there that have a wealth of book knowledge, but don't apply it um, in in any way, shape, or form. They can just kind of run you through the motions. They can tell you what they learned. And they can just regurgitate it and um, tell you to take the test at the end of the class. And that's that's not a good instructor. So I have that written down here as well. I have, uh, you know, instructors who rely on personal experience, like this is how I do it. And then the regurgitation factor of, you know. I was told this, so I'm going to tell you this, right? And there's a certain amount of information that's lost in that method, right? If you don't understand what it is that you're teaching and you just take from somebody else and you pass to somebody else, right? There's a loss in the middle, right? So there's not a complete transfer of information when there's not a, a full understanding. Um, kind of like you said, relying on the book, stating exactly what it says, you know, Um and then you've got those who know the book and are also capable of applying that with their experiences, right? So, you know, you have to know your audience. So when I teach civilian students, I'm talking to them in a manner of like, you know, here's, you know, when I was, when I was a young kid, here's how I used to hunt and here is how I hunt now, um, if I'm a competitor, then, you know, here is our fundamentals and here's how we apply them to the competition side. You know, we're not changing the fundamentals. How do we get faster? Well, we get faster by having a better process, right? And then you take the military and law enforcement side. And I 100%, you've been to the law enforcement classes that I've done where I will sit there and tell these guys like, I cannot legitimately run you through a scenario because I have not been in your position. I cannot tell you that you should have shot this person because I am not a cop. I have not been there, but I can teach you how to shoot, how to be a better marksman and how to put yourself in a position where if you had to take the shot, you would be capable, right? So you have to know your audience and then be able to relate your experiences to them without telling them this is how you do it, right? But showing them the path to, to kind of take the knowledge that you're giving them and allow them to solve the problem. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So uh, I asked the person um, that I had met and it's, I'm trying to think like the best method or the best description here is um, she's a female. She's interested in shooting. She has zero shooting experience. Right. And she doesn't know me that well. She just knows like about me. She knows about Max Ornett, but she doesn't know all the inter details and stuff like that. And she actually points this out in the, you know, the write up that she gave me. Uh, as she was doing her research, you know, and I was telling her, like, please don't pick Max Ordnance just because you know me. Like, I need you to take the bias out of this. So 
asking her and having her go through giving her specific parameters like these are the states that you are allowed to travel to for training and you are looking for pistol carving and precision rifle instruction and before she went into her research i was asking her like with zero firearm experience what are some of the things that you think you would be looking at and she had no idea what she was getting into but some yeah, of the where, first... do you, where do you start <laughs> yeah so like some of the first things that she started like telling me that she would be looking for was what's her first impression you know and a few people have actually said this even experienced people have said like first impression what do they look like? How do they carry themselves? You know, things of that nature. So that all makes sense to me, right? Because the first impression that you give somebody is going to be a lasting impression, you know? So, um, and then, you know, the next thing that she said she would focus on would be reading the bio. What's their resume? What's their experience? Do they walk the walk? Is their day-to-day living that life or is this just their side hustle? And uh, I thought that was an interesting take, you know, because is that what new shooters look at? Is that, you know, do they see this former military guy who's all decked out and, you know, multi-cam? Like, he's got to be the guy, right? Have I been doing it wrong this whole time, Jeff, because I don't wear camo or what? So. Yeah, and and I think. You know, it's it's tough because you like you wonder if people are looking for that that vet bro look that they're trying to find, you know, somebody that fits out mold or are they trying to find somebody that, you know, kind of humbly isn't that but has the background to be that. Do they know the difference? Yeah. I mean, I know that on my like my my personal company webpage, like, you know, all of the key players in my company, we have long bios on I have a whole bio section on my on my website because i think it's important for people to know who we are for people looking for business from us yeah so it makes sense they're looking for you know a new shooter is gonna be be checking out somebody's background and who's gonna be instructing them so one reason that i chose a woman is one it was really hard to find a man that i had come across that didn't have some type of experience in firearms already But two, I feel like women analyze things a bit differently and it would be cool to take a woman's perspective because they're going to be a lot more harsh on their judging criteria because it's such a man dominated world that women are really going to pick out places that they're going to feel comfortable going and signing up and and attempting to learn. Right. And that was some of the criteria that I also gave her is you are going to learn the basics of pistol shooting, carbine shooting, precision rifle. You don't know where you're going to go with it yet. You're just trying to learn the basics so that you can get into it and have a good foundation to grow, right? That was the guidance I gave her. Uh, So she also said like, they can't be a shitty person. Like if they're not personable, then it's kind of no-go criteria. And I was like, shit, I don't know if I'm that personable, you know, like I can be rough around the edges sometimes. Um, you know, there's a lot of times where I'll be in a group setting and I just won't talk to anybody. So, um, you know, and then the network and connections that they're associated with. And I thought that was an interesting one 
you know, as instructors and instructing companies around the nation, they find ways to attach themselves to companies, you know, whereas like, you know, this training instructor might, you know, attach himself to Vortex, you know, rifle scopes. And now because they have that association, it instantly elevates their status. And now you have to question, are these manufacturers doing their due diligence to, you know, ask, ask the hard questions of like, should we be partnered with this instructor? Or is it like a bro deal? And I think a lot of the times it's a bro deal. Like you can't trust a yeah. lot of the partnerships that companies make because it's usually a, that's my homie. I'm going to hook him up. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's I mean, you don't know what's legitimate and what's not like, you know, I would never say, you know, use us because, you know, we're, we're in some way, you know, associated with either loophole or Falcor or something because that almost takes away the the legit like to lean on that i think is is poor taste but people new shooters may look at that 100 percent, they're gonna look at it and uh you know the bigger name that you're connected to the more legitimate you're going to appear right so that is a it's a it's a positive it's a positive side on the instructor but it can be a negative on the student trying to find the training. Yeah. And I would say a great example of that is look at what uh, SIG has done over the years with taking all these big names under their wing and under their, their brand. Mm. Um, and, you know, obviously SIG has a huge facility. I've been to it. It's honestly, it's pretty amazing. And they've got some great instructors, but those instructors now use SIG as their, I'm a SIG instructor. And you, and the 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 vetting almost stops there yeah oh 100 100 and we have our connections as well we don't you know like we promote them like leupold for one falcor mm -hmm. but we have mm -hmm. we have stories and we have true connections behind them where i run leupold in everything that i do because i believe in that product if i didn't i wouldn't run it right we would if we didn't run Leupold, it would be like, well, we promote Leupold, but we don't really like them. You know, we're just using them for the promotional side. Uh, Falcor, we have a lot of connection with just because of our history, but we also had an extreme amount of input when it came to their bolt action and their chassis. Like a lot of those exactly. ideas were built from us. So I use that. I use all of that gear, you know. Um, you know, I promote howitzer clothing. And yeah, I like the company. I like what they do in terms of the money that they give back to veterans and stuff like that. And I really appreciate not having to ever buy clothes again. But at the same time, I really like all of the stuff that they... And I really wish their pants would go back to stock because I really needed a few pairs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like, I would say that most of the stuff we're connected to, we're connected because we like the product. Um you know, if you look at our YouTube channel, you'll see that I have videos on there from 2014, 2013. Don't hit me on the video quality, damn it. I didn't know a, a damn thing back then, but I didn't want to take the videos down because I can't replicate them. I do not have access to that scope testing system anymore. But there are Leupold scopes that I had tested that I absolutely just talked mad crap on because they were failing the test, right? 
So it's not like I'm being a homer. It's it's that the new products from Leupold, I really, really enjoy. So, you know, don't fall into the trap of network and connections are instantly going to make you feel like that instructor is better. It's not always the case. Another thing that she brought up was professionalism of the website. And you'd be surprised at how many websites you go to. And, you know, I get I get caught in this, right? That's why I have people around me that I can have go look at things and tell me if something's messed up because I'm not always going to catch it. But do you have typo errors? Do you have links that don't lead to the right places? Like these are all things that just lead to you are a lower grade and you are already turning that student off, right? Yeah, you know, website um, appearance and professionalism is, is for me, aside from, from shooting, just in general, when I look for product or I look for something, um, you know, the website professionalism is, is one of the first, it's, that's the first appearance. I mean, when I started, when I started my company, the first thing I did was, was borrow money to, to hire a guy to do a professional well-designed, well-laid-out um, website. And to this day, um, I still get compliments on the website and I've gotten work because of it. So a new shooter coming in this space, um, yeah, it's like any other product. You're going to look at their website and and see what it looks like. I mean, me and you have looked at a couple of websites recently um, of shooting sports and we're like, oh, this is kind of, you know, this is half-ass put together. Are they really all in on, on this instruction or are they just kind of, is this a weekend gig? You know, did they go to just some template site and, and put a couple pieces of info up and all these links go back to the same place. So, yeah. you know, it does, it, your website says a lot. Absolutely. It does. And this is all part of the vetting process, right? And you have to try to weed your way through all the bullshit and kind of pick out things that will stand out to you. Um, so on one side, this is a, how to vet your instructor, but if you are an instructor and you're listening to this, I would say like if I've called you out or if you're just listening and some of these things apply to you, if you want to grow your business, then these are things that you should be focused on because people are taking notice. Another one is the about us page. Um, not just having instructor bios, but also having a page that is dedicated to your company and what your goals are and those things you know, they stick out to, to shooters who are going to spend their hard-earned money coming to learn from you, right? So um, there was a quote that I saw the other day, and, you know, it talks about how, you know, anytime you're selling something, the best salesmen are the ones who don't sell you a product. They sell you an experience, right? So yep, you're being vetted on the experience that you're offering. So then you start looking at, you know, reviews, AKA Google searches, Yelp, Reddit, message boards, forums, word of mouth, you know, where do all of these different avenues lead a new shooter? Because they're going to take them somewhere. And uh, reviews are a big one, right? It, anytime you look at, uh, you know, take this for example, I, I know you do a lot of, uh, everybody does a lot of Amazon shopping, dude. That's why Amazon is Amazon. Oh so how many times do you catch yourself, you like look at a product and you're like, oh, 
I really like this. I think it's badass, but I also think it might be shitty. I'm not really sure. So like you straight to the reviews. So you scroll down to the reviews, right? Now, the first thing that catches your eye, Jeff, is what? How many fucking stars? Shitty reviews. Right? How many stars do they have? And then what are the shitty reviews, right? Um, You could have 4.5 stars, and that's great. But you want to see what the negative shit is that people are talking about because you are asking yourself, can I live with whatever problem somebody else had, you know? So... Uh, searching keywords related to that discipline, who's talking about who these are more key points that she said she would look into. Now, these are before she did her searching. After she did her searching, she's got a completely different view, right? Uh, What does their training facility look like? And she also said, uh, this is her words, you know, it's easy to fall into the vague and fancy trap. Lots of money doesn't always equal the best, you know, just because they have an amazing website and they paid $10,000 for an amazing website just means that they have a lot of money to throw at the problem. It doesn't mean that they have the best instructors. Yeah. And I was actually going to, I was actually going to say, you know, one of the things that is actually unfortunate is that there's probably a lot of really good instructors that are kind of falling to the wayside that nobody's really seeing because they don't have the money to, to put it out like that. Um, I know, I know a couple guys off the top of my head that, um, if I had to go get, um, well, if I had to go, I train with these guys all the time. Um, if I, I was going to just as a new shooter or even an experienced shooter attend a class, it would be these guys and nobody knows who they are. Yeah. Yep. And if you don't know who they are, if you're a new shooter, then how do you find them? You know, like, That's the problem, you know? So if we're talking about instructor and, and running a business and being an instructor who starts their own company, that's a whole different rabbit hole where we're talking about if you don't have the money to pay for a website, you're not shit out of luck, right? You are in a position where you either have a shitty website or you go out and learn how to do those things to put yourself in a position to earn this business right but we're not going there this is about vetting shitty instructors and finding the best bang for your buck so um like i said i gave her um washington utah arizona nevada and all of california to search for the instruction so here are the companies that she chose in order for pistol her choice was, and I don't know if you've ever heard of these people. I have not, but she said based yeah. off of her searches, her forum reviews, and the amount of money that it cost for pistol instruction, she chose West Coast Armory Northern. They're out of Washington never State. Heard, never heard of them. I never heard of them either, but apparently they, you know, the structure of their classes, and this is her words right here. She said, this is tough for pistol. I narrowed my choices down, you know, to Moss Ayub. Have you heard of that before? Uh-huh. Okay. Gunsight Academy and West Coast Armory North. Uh, ultimately, if it were my money, I'd probably end up going with West Coast Armory North. The structure of their classes is more realistic. You don't have to drop $2,000 for a four-day course for a beginner. And the description of the courses themselves are detailed and tell you exactly what you're getting what you're getting into. 
So that was her pistol choice. And uh, I feel like pistol could be a hard one because there's just so many goddamn pistol instructions out there. And, you know, there are. And, and, you know, what are you, you know, ultimately, what are you learning? Like as a a new shooter, what are you learning pistol shooting for? Right. So are you going to go to, um, you know, one of these super high speed, you know, fast pistol classes that offer an entry level class. And, you know, these are instructors that teach gunfighters versus somebody like Gunsight, um, which is a great, great site, but um, they probably teach a lot more new shooters just because of their notoriety. So they get a lot of new shooters through there. So they're not necessarily for gunfighting. You know, I don't know. So yeah, that would be for a new shooter to pick up a pistol class. God, that'd be tough. She said it was. And, um, you know, so for the carbine, right. Um, and you know, here's her words. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Most of the stuff I'm finding on carbine courses strike me as douchey rednecky bros. Oh yeah. Far Definitely. more than what I'm finding for pistol and long range rifle and a lot of East coast instruction. And, um, I said, okay. Uh, so her carbine choice was actually a company that I have heard of, which is Haley Strategic. And okay. what she said about that was, you know, for, for carbine, I'm going to go with Haley Strategic. The website is pretty pretentious and he seems a little Hollywood, but I've watched a bunch of his YouTube videos and at least to the uneducated observer, he seems professional, goes into detail his resume sounds legit enough for me, and the name has come up in a few different locations. She also said Gunsight, again, is up there, but, and maybe it's unwarranted, they seem old school, which can be good, and they've been around for a long time, but tends to give me the impression that maybe they're outdated, which... Oh, that's a that's a very good... That's a hot take right there. It's a hot take, man. You know, so that is something to, uh, to look out for, is that, uh, you know... Some of these places that have been around a long time, you know, you've got, uh, you know, 70 year old Sam over there teaching basic pistol. He could still be teaching you stuff, uh, you know, from back in the uh, Weaver stance days. So, um, yeah, and I mean, you know, those guys, like any place that's been around for a long time and, and even, you know, not that, I mean, again, amazing course instructor, um, you know, uh, Travis Haley is, is, you know, everybody knows who he is, but anybody like that that um has some type of notoriety whether it's gunsight that class um any people that i know you know they can get caught up in this echo chamber and they just you know they're not out taking classes from anybody they're not learning anything new um they kind of find their their niche and then just sort of live there yeah um good or bad you know um so you know, she's probably not wrong in that assessment. Um, you know, the last time I was at Gunsight was probably over 20 years ago when I was taking, you know, Urban Sniper 1 and 2, from, <laughs> you know, back in like 97, I think, or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a, I think that's a pretty good assessment of, of the, both those places. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, so before we move into Precision Rifle, she threw this comment into the email. She said, One thing I'm realizing while doing this, 
you seem incredibly normal and down to earth compared to some of these folks that I come across. There is a high incidence of douchebaggery as I watch some of these videos and blogs. So I don't know. I don't watch a lot wait, of who, wait, who, wait, who is she talking about? It seems normal. She's comparing me to some of these people that she has researched. She apparently, must be watching the wrong video. <laughs> apparently I'm normal. So uh okay. So for precision rifle, and you know, I we messaged back and forth and I fought her on this because she did come back and she said, legitimately, I choose Max Ordnance for rifle. And I said, stop, you're being biased because you know me. I was like, you have to legitimately reach out there and, and give this an honest go. You know, I want you to look at other companies. Do not, you know, just pick me because it's my podcast and it's my company. So here's what she come up with. She said, the other ones that came up for Precision Rifle were Gunsight, which we already talked about and they have restrictions on caliber and range only goes out to 300 yards for their level one course. The other one that comes up is international tactical. They fall into that douchey bro uh, or broy small dick energy. I mentioned before. Also the instructor bios don't have me convinced their flagship course is dumb. I'm interested or she said, I'm, Looking to learn the basics in precision rifle, not interested in playing capture the flag as an adult. Um, yeah, very much so. She said, I've never actually looked into course details for Max Ordnance. I like the level of detail it goes into. You cover a lot compared to others. Also, the quality of your photos are heads and shoulders above the others. It sounds stupid, but feels loads more professional. She said, I also think it's unique compared to what I found for the other disciplines, at least, that you only do one thing. And I thought that was interesting that we are one of the few companies who only says this is our world and we are going to be the best at it. Um, so I think it could be a good thing or a bad thing, maybe. In terms of new shooter, does, no, does that no, turn you I off? Think, no, I think... Um... You know, I've looked for, you know, part of part of my job was to seek out training and to not, like I said, not live in this um, this echo chamber while I'm also attempting to to instruct and teach other people. And yeah, you know, if I'm looking for for instruction in a certain area, um, you know, I, I kind of want those people to specialize in that. Um, yeah. You know, we used to look for we used to look for medical training um when we were building the um uh building out our our tac med program and you know i needed very specific training for a very specific purpose and a lot of companies held like as a side note also this kind of you know law enforcement medical stuff but ultimately it was always if a class if people taught a very specific thing and that's what they specialized in that's where we would go whether it was uh breaching classes or you know, live pig shooting classes, whatever it was, like we would go to very specific um, instructors that, that taught one thing, not, you know, like, you know, ITTS, which teaches a million things um, just because they're a big facility. So they can, they can, uh, they have bills to pay. Yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't pay all those bills with teaching one or two classes or one or two 
uh, one or two disciplines. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta fill those seats. I've heard of the name before. I haven't, I haven't uh, had any interaction with them or anything like that. Um, you know, so to close it out, her final comments were, it was surprising to me how many, how overwhelming the sheer number of options there are, both good and bad. So if I saw a company getting called out in a positive way from multiple sources, i.e. Reddit, blogs, Google, etc., that helped me prioritize who to look deeper into. And then she would start filtering that content by how professional do they look? What do their YouTube videos look like, right? But you got to have a way to start somewhere. And, you know, I kind of feel like there could be some diamonds in the rough because you could Google, you know, best pistol instruction in California or best carbine instruction on the West Coast. Just because these companies pop up on the first page doesn't make them the best. It just means that their search engine optimization is better than somebody else, right? So Absolutely. you got to be able to vet your instructors. And as we say that word, I just felt like, what does that actually mean? That's the whole point of today's conversation is like, what does that mean? You know, um, what are we looking for? So, okay, you're, you're right. And what does that mean? So. I also think that we look at it through a different lens, right? Yes, it matters. It, it matters. Um, the instruction to us is more important than the personality. Yeah. Where a new shooter is is likely maybe going to learn more from the personality versus the uh, the course instruction, if that makes sense. Right. So everybody's going to have a different need. So when we say vet your instructor, you know, two new shooters could have two different needs in what they're vetting. And, and I think really they need to know what they're looking for. First and foremost, what are you learning? What are you seeking out and why are you seeking out? You know, just like we say the mission drives the gear, you know, what I use matters, what my mission is. Well, what they're, what they're seeking should matter. Um, what they're trying to do, I guess, should matter for what they're looking for, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So she had uh, sent me a message and she was talking like, there's so many companies that pop up. I feel more inclined to just go with the one that looks like they have a good website. The price is not astronomical and it at least it'll get me started. And I was like, okay, like, yeah, that makes sense as sure. a computer. And my reply was coming from somebody who has experience, like I know that anytime I'm learning a new skill, I want my foundation to be solid. You know, like if I'm looking to grow, then my foundation has to be my most stable sets of skills to which I can start applying different things to that. And that kind of brought me back to you know, Mark over at first defense. And, you know, I went and did a pistol class with him. It was, you know, I really enjoy Mark. I like being around him. He's come and learned precision rifle from me. I wanted to come learn pistol stuff from him and I can shoot a pistol. I'm not bad at it. I don't know everything about it. I don't know all the ins and outs, but going through a basic pistol course with him and the small little details that he was telling me and i'm like holy shit you know like 
the previous pistol instruction that I'd been through had failed me because these details were not included, right? It was more focused on here's how you be safe. Here's how you point at the target. Here's how you control the trigger and the recoil. All right, now you're set up for success. Whereas if you go to a class with Mark, you're getting so much more than that, even on a basic level, right? So there are those differences where you might find yourself picking a company based on how they look and what their cost is. But then as you progress in whatever discipline that you're going through, you're going to find out that going to that initial class might have almost been a waste of your time because now you're at a new class and you realize that you have to take multiple steps back to relearn or get rid of bad habits that were developed in the first class just to progress, right? And that's the hard part is weeding through all of that shit to find that company that can do that for you, right? And I don't know if there's a good method. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, somebody like Mark, who is the epitome of like the modern day pistol shooter, right? His techniques and methods are what I would consider what is the modern day technique. But if you looked at Mark's background, you know, you would you would almost just immediately write him off because, you know, you would you would not have. You know, he doesn't. I mean, I, I haven't looked at his website. You wouldn't have that multi cam. I'm a bro in the United States military background. Yeah, like you look at him, he's just like a like a cool tattooed guy, right? Like he doesn't have yeah. the military. He'll be the first to tell you he doesn't have the background. Yeah. But I don't know anybody currently that's you know. I mean, I, people on his level, but he's a hell of an instructor. Yes. Um, you know, and I've been meaning to get a hold of him to, to go to go take a day with him because, um, you know, I'm nowhere near where he is you know, in my prime maybe, but, you know, I need to go see people like him to keep my, my skills set, um, up. Whereas, you know, you look at something like Gunsight, who's been around forever is, is vetted, has been around for, you know, 175 years and, and, uh, they're not at his level. No, and he's just a little dude, diamond in the rough kind of guy, you know, that you would just know if you had social media. Yeah. And that's where some of your networks and connections come into, and uh, I'll get to the social media comments that I have. But um, over the years, there's been, you know, like on social media, there's a page called Get Out and Train. And, you know, basically, they started off as like a social media page that would promote training companies that are in the region of Southern California. But over the years, it's just kind of turned into... If you know the guy, he'll promote you. But if you don't know him, then you're kind of just like shit out of luck. So you're really only getting the bro deal. There's been other yeah. websites, other companies that have said, hey, we're here and we're going to, you know, we're going to vet all of these instructors for you. And then, you know, come to find out you have to pay them to be on their website. Uh, so they're not really vetting you. They're just taking your money to put you on a website that says that you're good. Right. Um, yeah. That's where you come into a lot of issues as well, is you'll have fake ass companies, fake ass accounts that are like, we are the experts in telling you who the good shooters are, who the good instructors are. But in reality, it's still just still just a bro thing, you know, like. So yeah, it's and, and like I stay away from all these like there's all these like California shooting days and all these events that get put on. And 
Yeah. And, you know, I've like, got guys that go to them and they like them and it is what it is, but, but it's always just the, it's the bros and it's everybody. Again, it's just that echo chamber where everybody's just kind of, you know, not to be crude, but everyone's just jerking each other off at how great they are. And like at the end of the day, what did you learn if you went there? I mean, so, you know, it's, it's tough to, even those kind of things, which are heavily promoted, a lot of money gets dumped in those things. And as a new shooter, you think, oh, I'm going to go learn from the best. And maybe, maybe they are, maybe they're not, but it's, they're not there because they're the best. They're there because they paid money to get there to run a class and go hang out at this event. So yeah, you know, you know again, it, it's hard to sift through that. And you got to show up wearing your, your Hawaiian luau shirt with your tactical pants, dude. <laughs> i do you know, not own a set of cries i mean i do um none of them are camo except for my uh my military green and desert ones um the cry pants are awesome i like them i like yeah. the knee pads and all that good stuff and it, it gives me a sense of credibility on the internet bro that's what it's all about okay but let me ask you this do you go out to dinner with your buds wearing cries no, no. I try to be as normal as possible. I even refrain from wearing hats that are associated with shooting. You know, I want to be Same. the gray man while I'm out there. I try to be blend in, you know, just look like the, you know, the hippie guy with long hair who likes to climb rocks and, and be normal, you know. So, no, it's not me. But I know we got to get going soon, but let's filter through some of these comments on our social media page. I put out yesterday, we're looking to have a podcast on vetting your instructors. What are some of the things that you would go through or what are some of the things that matter to you? So we'll just kind of scroll down the list here. Russ said in same length. And I said, shorter is better, yeah. right? He said, of course, yeah. of course it is. I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, he said, stability is built from the ground up. So the closer you are to the ground, the more stable you're going to be. That is right. <laughs> I like his answer. Short is stable, my friend. Um, you know, a guy that I trained over in Iowa, uh, law enforcement officer, he said, MOA is still one of the best sniper courses I've been through in my career. Highly recommend. Doesn't really tell us how you're vetting your instructors. Um, another one, Miranda Cadam. When I vetted you, I looked at your background. I looked at what type of courses you offer, who is taking your courses and the government agencies you instruct, your range, your safety protocols, your Instagram, your Facebook, any YouTube videos you've been a part of, podcasts that you've done or podcasts you've been a part of. Same goes with other firearms instructors and courses I've taken. Look forward to taking your course in the fall. So that's one guy's method of how to weed out you know, that's a good there, there's a there good tidbit that i don't think we talked about was who else is taking your courses you know one of the reasons me and you first met was because um you know amir was taking your course and and i respected a lot of what amir did and he knew my background and thought i'd be a good fit so i think that's something that we hadn't discussed was who else is taking these courses well, that's uh, kind of the word of mouth isn't it yeah i mean it is but you know I may not know all these people. I may just be on, I just may be online yeah. and see that, Hey, there's these guys, there's these other guys that I respect that are taking this class. Um, you know, nobody told me about it. This is just in my research. I'm, I'm also seeing who else is taking these classes. So, um, you know, it's a good, maybe good thing to look at. Yeah, no, for sure. 
Uh, the next guy, uh, David in the sun, do some research, watch videos, see how they carry themselves, how they respect and treat their teammates and students, proven techniques and first-class training, referrals from great shooters that have attended many different trainers. Thanks for the insightful question. So he's got some methods that he would go through. Nothing we haven't talked about yet. Uh, Michael Trong, a good friend of mine in Vegas, um, he said, Oh, where is it here? Uh, credibility by performance in high-end competition is a big one for him. Consistent contracts with expert-level government units is another. He mentioned like Hat Creek Training, J.J. Ricasa. And I said the government contracts and units is an interesting you know, little tidbit. And he said, need some proxy to determine credibility. If you assume high-end units are generally well-informed, and there's probably someone or something to a particular instructor that they use. Like in the pistol world, with guys like Rob Lethem and J.J. Ricasa training secret squirrel units, a regular Joe would never know anything about Rob Lethem because he's not heavy on social media. So I thought that was interesting because as a newer shooter trying to vet your instructors, you would have no idea about None. Rob or anything that he does on the government agency side. And even yeah. with even with larger, you know, instructors or, or personalities, you still might not know what government agencies they have involvement with, you know. So that can be an interesting one. But I think you have to be a little bit more in the know to kind of filter out government agency training. Another guy said, uh, when I see others, other in, other instructors I respect taking that instructor's class. So I think what he meant to say is when I see other instructors taking that instruction, then I feel better yeah. about my choice, right? Um, so as a as a range cadre, we would go take other courses from other instructors um, every, I think, like two months or something. And that was part of of, of us continuing our training which is our group of instructors were out taking classes from other instructors, um, which I think is, is an important thing to look at. If, if there's other people that are reputable taking again, you know, who's taking these courses, if yeah. instructors are taking other instructors courses, then there's probably some merit. Yeah. 100%. So uh, another one, certifications, history, such as military service or competition background, that could validate their claim to teach others well. Reviews or videos that give insight to what their classes look like and if it looks like a good structure to learn from. For me personally, seeing a short video of how they engage with people will say a lot, will say a lot too much they might know. And if comes naturally or if they are clearly regurgitating things they don't fully understand. Not the best judgment, but you can usually tell if someone is worth trying out or staying clear from. So that's a pretty good one. You can watch a video and, and hopefully get a feel for, do they know what the hell they're talking about? Or are they just spitting out shit that they picked up along the way? That's, I like that one. Yeah. And, and you'll usually see that when, you know, when someone's giving somebody instruction and, and they'll ask a question that maybe puts that specific level of instruct uh, a technique or whatever in a different light and they can't really answer it. Yeah. You know, they can't figure out how to apply it to that. Um, yeah, that's a pretty good one. So 
international mobile training team said certifications, experience in the field of study, ex- expertise on the topic, who are they connected with? I contact people I know who are mutually linked or network with them, recommendations from others, word of mouth is gold. Then I contact the group directly and attempt to talk with them. I attend their shortest, cheapest lecture course and attempt to do a face-to-face with them. During the course, I'm evaluating the following. This gets good. Listen to this. Personality, delivery of topic and clear and understandable method, speaking ability, and the ability to make complex topics simple with practical exercises. Next, do they have a period of instruction with a well-written student handout? If they are making up as they go or have no overall foundational lesson plan, they're substandard and not worth my money or my time. Are their PowerPoints clear and to the point? Do they have stated and clear terminal learning objectives and enabling learning objectives? Do they build in foundational skills and coach while improving student skills? Do they understand adult learning methods? And lastly, are they self-impressed and egotistical, focusing on themselves, talking endless about themselves and war stories? I'm not interested in all that. Don't show me what you can do. Improve my skills and show me what my potential is after their instruction. Classes are expensive and lengthy. I won't waste my time or money with substandard groups. About 20% of the time, vendors fail my personal test and I've done after I've done my selection. And then he follows on. I want to add that MOA was excellent and passed all my criteria. Your training was Above standard and excellent, I've attended no less than 130 different courses over 30 years. In that, I've attended approximately 35 different sniper long-range rifle courses. Yours was one of the very best. I've also trained with Todd, and I rank you and him in the same group of top folks to train with in this discipline. And that is all the comments in terms of how people would vet, right? I feel like there's looking on forums there's looking on youtube to see how this person is what their personality is like a lot of people are saying that they want to reach out and speak to somebody on the phone and actually hear them discuss the training and you know so there are people out there who do these things but these are all experienced shooters yeah and like there's one thing that got brought up twice that is valid and it's it's a thing to look for but i almost have issue with it which is um you know people looking up you know people looking for certificates and um and and those kinds of things like what's their you know what what certificates do they have on the wall that makes them a good instructor and i know guys with tons yeah that are horseshit and i know i know guys with none that are fantastic and i think yeah you could use it as a base for what they did but um, you know, I know guys that only have those because the, the agency they were with forced them to go to all these things and they're just fucking garbage instructors. So yeah. it's, it, you know, I, the only thing I have issue with is like really seeking out certificates. I, I would say if you use that as a method of just checking out their background, but, um, you know, it's, it's tough, man. It can be, uh, it, just going through this is, makes me realize how tough it can be vetting a good instructor. It is tough. Right. And I, after all of this, I still don't know if I have a 100% foolproof method on mm-hmm. how how you should go about doing it. You know, like you get lucky or you wasted some money like that. That chance is always out there. Yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, you know, you sometimes you just have to pull the trigger, you know, uh, pun intended, and see what happens. Um, yeah. But but again, as a new shooter, I think we also have to. We need to put ourselves in that realm of sometimes new shooters don't need all times new shooters don't need what we need there could be some great perfect example mark um at first defense you know i don't know how he is with with because i've never i, I haven't seen him i'm not saying he isn't but i haven't seen him with that level of class how is he with a group of of um 20 year olds who are just being introduced to a handgun for the very first time and need that six hours of this is how you handle a handgun properly. Yeah. That may not be Mark's forte. Um, so again, what you're looking, what that individual person is vetting is going to be so unique to, to just them. And I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> I would say to close it out, I would say there's probably a couple things at work here. One is, the person that is teaching you, right? So how how do they relay information to you? Do they know what they're talking about so that they can explain it in 15 different ways? If that's what you need as a student, then can this instructor do it? Can he relate to what it is that you are relating to? So the instructor is part of it, obviously, right? And you need someone who can do those things for you. So talking to them on the phone, checking out their videos, you know, looking on some of the forums, see what people are saying about that guy in particular. That's a huge one. But then on the other side of it, right, you have like the company in general and like how are the classes structured? Are they just thrown together? Like you show up, you're on the firing line and he says, all right, guys, come over here, clear your pistol out and we're just going to start and we'll see where you're at. Or is there a process to building you up, right? Is there a, hey, we got to set a standard for all the shooters here and then we can move forward. Let me show you how to do a reload. Let me show you how to manage recoil with your pistol. Let me show you how to do this. Like, what's the classroom structure look like? I feel like you get a lot more accomplished as a instructional institutional when you have a process that goes on skill sets that constantly build on top of each other versus let me just take you out to the range and we'll see what you need to work on. You know, like mm -hmm. there has to be a structure to it or you're going to miss something, you know? So absolutely, how well thought out is that structure, you know, that class, that presentation, whatever it is. So I think that there's multiple things at play here. And you're only going to be able to dig up so much information and then you just got to pull the trigger, like you said, and hopefully it's a good choice for you, you know? So, yeah. And I, and I think like people like me and you, we would never attend a class without first seeing is the entire lesson plan laid out so we can know what we're doing um, in some type of structure because we like structure and we need to know that something's laid out that way. And I think that's, that's a pretty important one. Yeah, uh, I think it's important, you know, and then the last thing I'll I'll say is we talk a lot about looking at Yelp and Reddit and forums and stuff like that. Be careful because we run into this a lot as well at Max Orton. I'm not going to say we don't, but we will get shooters that come through that are new 
They never shot precision rifle. They want to learn the basics. They want to get good. And that's fine. That's what we're here for is to take you from zero and to build you up the right way. But then that person goes and tells, you know, the forum or the message group or the, you know, the Reddit or the Yelps that this is the best course that they've ever taken. And it's like, I really appreciate the review. Don't get me wrong. I do. But we're the only course you've ever taken. Yeah. So what are you comparing us to, you know? And when we're talking about trying to vet your instructors, you got to watch out for those reviews because there's not a lot of experience behind them to help you make a decision. So, no, that's, uh, that's a good point. I can, as an example, the opposite of that, you know, I had to get my, my windows, my wife's windows tinted and some clear bra put on. And I went online. I looked at this fantastic website. I looked at their social media and it was amazing. I was like, this is a place, best place around. They're expensive, but I'll make it work. And uh, we had a little bit of hiccup, hiccup in the scheduling. And as soon as that happened, this place just turned to absolute garbage, literally like yelling at me because I was trying to like just move a date around. It just turned as, it was just dramatic. Um, and all I had to do was look at the first fucking Yelp review and realize that these guys, this, the, the GM there is an absolute piece of trash. Um, and I've been like, oh yeah, that checks out. Right. So, you know, look at the Yelp reviews, um, you know, but take them for what they're worth. But I wish I honestly, I wish I would have vetted my window tent company because fantastic job. Worst experience I've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good insight, man. Hey, I know you got some stuff to do. I can see your clock in the background. It's about 1250. I believe you got to get your ass moving. You had told me you got some stuff I to do. do. I got to go pick up the twins from school. Yeah, yeah. So everybody, I appreciate you guys listening. As always, we appreciate the support. Don't forget to like, subscribe if you can. I think we're still having issues on that end. Um, if you like these videos, turn notifications on. Uh, jump on our social media, leave a comment, tell us what you think about the show, anything you want us to add or things that you don't like, and we'll take it into consideration. Maybe we'll change things around. We want to continue pumping yeah, and, shows. Keep going, Jeff. No, and and we definitely, we appreciate all the comments. You know, you guys, a lot of you have reached out, just talked about the podcast with us. Um, please leave comments uh, in the YouTube also. It, it, it only helps the algorithm for us to actually get it out to get it suggested and, and maybe eventually we can get the, the notifications turned on somehow but um, definitely interact with the youtube uh, channel as well as much as you can because that really helps us 100 percent. i have some videos coming out shortly some of them will be for the patreon account the vip members only and then some of them will be for the general population talking about some of the free download targets and how to use them uh, some more training material things that we want to put out there uh, jeff it was a pleasure having you on the show, my man. Always great seeing your face. Always. See you in a few days. Hopefully we'll get Amir out here and we can get this done and move on with our lives. All right, brother. Soon, soon. Hey, thanks again. And I'll chat with you in a few days. Peace.